Your weekly look at the new release shelf begins right now. How about something really exciting? New and excitingly different. That's a record. Enjoy the lift you get from the perfect blend of their new album. And they keep dropping, dropping. Coming up today on the show, new stuff from Propagandi. Back to the Mother League with me. Plus, Jonah Matranga from Emo Legends Far joins us to talk about his upcoming show here in Ottawa. Yeah, um, no, I'm, I'm really excited to come back to Canada. I've had some super fun shows there over the years. And, like everyone else, we remember a fallen legend of Canadian music. Sometimes I feel so good I gotta scream. She said, Gordy baby, I know exactly what you mean. She said, From the capital of Canada, you're listening to the album drop. Here's Phil Shirakawa. And another episode of the album drop is on the air. Hello again, everyone. I'm Phil Shirakawa, and as usual, I have scoured the new release shelf for your listening pleasure, and this is what I've come up with today. First, it's The Wild the fourth album from Toronto-based folk rockers The Rural Alberta Advantage. Singer-guitarist and primary lyricist Niles Aidenhoff grew up in Fort McMurray, which is an oil town in North Alberta, of course ravaged by wildfire last year. Ironically, his first artistic response to this isn't exactly a reflection of his life there, uh, aside from a tune uh, that starts off the record called Beacon Hill, which kind of has been the trend of this band um, throughout their career. No, instead this time uh, we get an album that shows a band that has evolved from three people who came together through the open mic scene in Toronto and now write songs that very much have their own distinctive sound. Instead of writing about uh, places in the province from which they take their name, no, this time we're we're getting more broad, kind of relatable topics, you know, things about, you know, being an adult and living your life and are somewhat easy enough for people to understand, even if you've never been to the prairies, which you totally should if you haven't already, just FYI. We're going to start with a song called Brother. This is brand new stuff from the Rural Alberta Advantage, and it's here on the album drop. Brother, my brother, you can hold it all together. Night brings night, where it's cold and dark forever. Fire lines are right, I never want to see the night. Why, oh why? But in the darkness, I'll be back
listening to the album drop listen to previous episodes at thealbumdrop.ca as we thought there's just been nothing but bad luck oh i know i feel too Coming down to me Nothing left.
left here anymore. The album drop. i
is called The Wild. That's the rural Alberta advantage. We just heard Selfish Dreams. Bad Luck again before that. Brother was the first one we played from that record, which is out now on Paper Bag Records. And though not as sing-along friendly as their previous records, uh, I'm, there's enough here that it would definitely help out at the show. And I would highly advise you to check this record out. So, again, here we are. This is the album drop. Episode number 334 of this program. We are officially one-third of the way to 1,000. And that scares the crap out of me. (laughs) Thanks a lot for making it this far. I want to tell you about the new single from U.S. Girls. Arguably the most radio-ready indie band in the country. Um, Somehow, uh, Meg Remy, um, the artist behind U.S. Girls, has managed to both fly just under the mainstream radar while capturing... Many of the aesthetics of classic pop music, which she uses to arrange her tunes in such a manner that makes it just a wonderful and fantastic and really easy to get down to vibe with her music, um, while not having to worry about the trappings of being, you know, Justin Bieber or Selena Gomez or something like that. Uh, Her new single is called Mad as Hell, uh, pretty straightforward stuff, and it goes a little something like this.
Brand new stuff from U.S. Girls. That was mad as hell. You can pick that one up uh, at your favorite streaming or digital download service. Released a couple weeks ago from the label 4AD. Really cool music video that goes with it, too. Uh, right in the aesthetic of the kind of work we've seen on tape from this band in the past. And you can watch it on today's page at our website, thealbumdrop.ca. Now, as I'm sure a lot of you know, for many, many years... Winnipeg's Propagandi has either been the punkiest metal band or the metalist punk band around. Either way, the band writes these incredibly hard tunes, technically proficient, uh, artistically speaking, uh, with deep, insightful lyrics that question their surroundings and pushes the status quo to the outlier, which is kind of what you want from punk and also what you see from metal. So, there you go. The latest release in their catalog is called Victory Lap. It's been out for a couple of weeks now. Um, their first record in five years, and of course, it's available on Epitaph. And it sounds like a propaganda record. So, if you know what that means, then I don't have to say anymore. And if you don't, well, turn the speakers up and get comfortable, because you're going to dig this. We're going to start with, ironically, almost a ballad. You'll see. This one's called Lower Order, A Good Laugh. Brand new stuff from Propaganda here on the album drop.
You're listening to the album drop. Slash the album drop and let the world know.
Three tunes from Propaganda here on the album drop. The record is called Victory Lap, and that was When All Your Fears Collide. We also heard the title track in lower order, A Good Laugh, before that. And if uh, Twitter is a place that you frequent, I would highly recommend following this band's account. Um, I mean, if you dig their tunes and if you dig um, the things they talk about and you can relate to the issues they bring up and the perspective they have through their lyrics, then it'll likely be right up your alley. This is the album drop, and I'm Phil Shurikawa. Thank you so much for listening to our show. We're going to take our only break of the hour, but don't go anywhere. Because uh, Jonah Matranga from Far, also uh, of late as One Line Drawing, will be joining us uh, right after the break. We're going to talk about uh, his music, his work, his new book. It's going to be something. Plus, we're going to cover the Gord stuff, so that's going to happen too. Stick around, it's all going to happen right after this. You're only moments away from more great music. The album drop will return. The beautiful love, the dangerous time. The album drop continues right now. Here's your host, Phil Shurikawa. You said you didn't give a fuck about hockey. Someone say that before You have my hand and we walked home the long way You were loosening my grip on Bobby Orr Isn't it amazing anything's accomplished No doubt about it, that is my favorite hip song I mean, I don't like hockey There, I, I, I said it Send your hate mail uh, to fill at thealbumdrop.ca So... Of course, uh, the, there was the explosion of music labeled under the genre emo way back in the late 90s and on through into the 2000s, and that couldn't have happened without uh, the bands who paved the way for that subsection of the punk rock world. Unquestionably, one of those bands was San Francisco, California's Far. Their frontman, Jonah Matranga, also records as a solo artist called One Line Drawing, and he's bringing his show to Prest this week. I had the chance to talk to him about his music and his new book. How did Alone Rewinding come to be a thing? Yeah, the book. God. Um, a couple of years ago, I mean, so my nickname when I was growing up was Bookman. Um, I really, really loved reading and, and still do um, and love writing. I was an English major and ended up a songwriter, obviously, and always uh, maintained my love of books. Um, and of prose. So I had been torn a ton and I wanted to stay home a little bit more. So I thought I'm going to do a writing project where, where it's, you know, it's about staying home and figuring out, uh, what I want to say in a longer form than a song. And that doesn't require going and, and singing it for people every night kind of thing. So I, I just, I really just also on a personal level wanted to retrace my steps of as to what has happened over the last 20, 30 years of uh, becoming an, a performing artist and also simultaneously raising my daughter. Um, and so the book has ended up being about those two centers of my heart and how they 
complemented each other and and how it all worked, which I was kind of confused about because honestly I've been going so hard just to to raise her as well as I can and to be as good a musician as I can be and and as good as a person I can be that I yeah, I just kind of wanted to take a breath and retrace my steps and the way I did that was looking back at the songs I wrote and who I was when I was writing those songs and that kind of created the the structure of the book. Do you like playing really small shows? Like you're playing a room this week here in town that's only got a capacity of 50. Is that um is that the ideal situation to hear, you know, do we call do we call it Jonah Matranga stuff? Do we call it one line drawing? What what do you uh, I mean I I generally just go under my name now, but I still love the 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 name online drawing. So I really don't care honestly what the what it's billed as. It's always pretty much the same thing and in terms of the scale, yeah, I I've lately been thinking about that somewhere around uh 30 people is the perfect sort of audience size in the sense that there's if you know if they're attentive and they're interested in what's going on there's enough people to kind of get some energy going in the room but it can still get real quiet and the quiet isn't really just like for me and my ego it's really for i think there's something about silence and listening to music against a backdrop of 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 relative silence and um it's just a real sweet feeling and it is yeah it is intimate um now that said, I think any size room, honestly, can be intimate and can be fun and exciting. So I don't need for it to be small, but yeah, I've been digging that lately. Well, then uh, this should be a, a really, really uh, good good fit for you then. Yeah, um, and I'm, I'm really excited to come back to Canada. I've had some super fun shows there over the years, and um, Blacktop, a label up there, has put out some stuff for me. And um, Yeah, I've got some family in Canada, you know, it's, it's good. The um yeah I want to talk about uh, the 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 new blacktop compilation that you're a part of. Uh, oh yeah yeah yeah. Uh, where did uh, where did don't give up come from? How did that song come to be? I was based. I mean, all my songs they either start out as you know a gift for friends or something, or even more so, they just start out as me working some stuff out and thinking about some stuff and maybe hearing something in a conversation that interests me. Um. And in the case of Don't Give Up, I think I was, uh, yeah, I was feeling kind of low um, about the state of our world. Um, and I was thinking about people that are that are activists uh, and, and are really kind of trying to push back against some of the, you know, the white nationalism and the basically angry white men, I mean, you know, for, for short, uh, that are that are sort of really kind of flexing right now, um, especially in America, but I think kind of across the world, there's a real, there's a real angry nationalist thing happening. And so I was basically offering it to myself as a little bit of a, of hope and offering it to anyone else. Um, so it's obviously a real simple sentiment. Don't give up. It's been said a lot. And I was just trying to put some, some feelings to that. I 
Uh, when I was younger, I, I went to a lot of shows. I mean, I still do now, but I, I especially did then. And one of the bands that I, I I had never known about until I saw them live was Thursday. Um, yeah. And uh, I I would you know I, I'd have to say that War All the Time is probably my favorite record. But I had no idea oh. until this week um, that you were a part of that as well. 
Um, yeah. W- would you mind just indulging me into how uh, you, you got hooked up with those guys and how you got to work with them and what they're like, uh, like Jeff and the boys are like uh, personally? I was living on Silver Avenue in San Francisco. I read about this in the book, actually, and it's been kind of nice going back to these memories because now I've kind of got them in a more stable way. Um, yeah, I was living in San Francisco, and my buddy Dave, who I'd known since the far days, so this was around 2000, 2001, and I got sent a demo of this band Thursday. Um, he was managing them. He was, um, and he sent it to me saying, hey, these guys are really big fans of FAR. I think you'll dig this. And I did like it, and I could hear the similarities like in a good way, and, and it sounded cool and heartfelt and not um, overly produced. And there's some ways that sort of FAR-influenced stuff I don't, I don't end up liking it very much, honestly. It's a little too slick and a little bit too macho, and that's, that's never what I wanted to do. So Thursday really did have more of a kind of an angsty, feminine, more dynamic thing going on that I really enjoyed. It was really raw. So I remember liking that, and then a couple of years later, I was doing a thing called Crazy Fest down in Kentucky, and they were on the bill and I was really looking forward to meeting them and seeing if they were, you know, if, you know, they're cool people, which matters to me at least as much as the music. And so sure enough, they were, they were really kind. They were amazing live. Um, we were just fast friends and then they ended up being really nice, you know, cause they were getting pretty big, pretty fast. Um, and I was just doing more of a, a, a smaller indie thing at that time. And, um, they end up taking me on tour and kind of giving me a bunk on their bus and I would open up for them. It would be pretty funny because it would be just, you know, me and a guitar opening up in these pretty big rooms for this, for this really loud band. Yeah. Uh, um, so I feel really lucky for that experience and they were wonderful about it. And, um, and yeah, we just really got tight and we eventually, I always love like collaborating with people. So we started working out songs to do together and, we actually did an old far song called Mother Mary and worked out an arrangement of that. We had played that a lot. And the, um, the, what you're talking about, the war all the time stuff, that was really just Jeff called me up, said, Hey, we're recording over in Jersey city. Why don't you come over and see what's, you know, if anything's there basically. And he sent me some instrumentals. So I listened through them and checked it out, came up with some parts and, um, and that's, that's what you hear on the record, it's just us kind of having a conversation. Steps to sand to a loaded gun The sound of matches hangs in the air A neuron flickers out in a heartbeat We don't want to see this Flash of light that's letting go The deep bullet case by the time it hits the ground is out of
So I think I need to go home and take a breath and see what 2018 has. And then 2018 actually is also the 20th anniversary of a far record called Water and Solutions, which I really love. And so I'm thinking about doing some celebratory stuff for that. We'll see how that goes. Like Elvis, like everyone, we all die. Coming back. 
like everyone We all die We all live on Photos And paperbacks Going all the way back to 1998, that's far from the record Water and Solutions with Mother Mary. We also heard uh, Thursday with Steps Ascending and uh, new stuff from Jonah Matranga before that called Don't Give Up. And uh, in case you weren't paying attention there, uh, Wednesday night at Prest, you'll be able to see Jonah doing his thing along with Seas, which is a cool new band that features uh, Hippie, uh, formerly of the band Monine. Now, uh, Jonah and I actually talked a lot, we uh, more than what we played for you here, so you can hear the whole interview on today's page at our website, thealbumdrop.ca. And finally, the passing of Gord Downey continues to hang over my head. Like many of you, I'm sure. Thus far, in the history of our country, there really has not been another artist with the ability to connect so many while writing about such obtusely Canadian things. I shared this sentiment uh, with friends privately, and I'll do so now with you. I'm thankful that the friends, family, bandmates, and fans of the iconic Tragically Hip Frontman no longer have to feel the crippling anticipation of his impending death. Now they have a chance to grieve and hopefully move forward. But again, as far as Canadiana is concerned... We are less of a nation because of Gord's passing. I wish that I was being hyperbolic. We're going to hear Gord's voice one more time today, but first, I pulled this from the archives, and I hope that you enjoy it. This has been The Album Drop. More anytime at thealbumdrop.ca on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram as The Album Drop. Until next time, I'm Phil Shurikawa. This is a forgotten moment in Canadian music history. August 22nd, 2016. Stumbling into work three minutes late that morning, Steve Gut Punch Henderson, a non-memorable member of the local punk scene in Burlington, Ontario, and the third best cart wrangler at his Loblaws, found himself drawn into a conversation about a recently occurring event in Canadian music history. Did I watch it? Hell no! Steve told the group that had gathered next to the punch clock before bragging about the show he saw in his buddy's basement that night and making jokes about the famous band's lead singer having to retire due to a diagnosis of terminal brain cancer. One particularly off-color remark caught the ear of Edward Laus, the assistant manager of the store who had spotted the group of employees socializing and was preparing to inquire as to whether or not this type of behavior was an effective use of company time. Big Eddie was so taken back from the way Gut Punch was talking about his favorite band, he returned to his office to sulk about it. After perusing Gut Punch's employment file, 
Big Eddie remembered an interesting clause in Canadian law he had recently seen on Reddit, All right. which states that defaming the tragically hip in a public place carries a harsh criminal penalty. He placed a call into the RCMP's hip tip line, and within hours the Mounties came and whisked Steve away for questioning. If convicted, Henderson could face a maximum sentence of 38 years in a secret detention center near Kingston that shares a wall with a bar that only has the hip on the jukebox. This has been a forgotten moment in Canadian music history. Listening. Smell you later. This whole thing has gone on long enough. Bye. Have a beautiful time. If you missed anything or just can't get enough, check out thealbumdrop.ca. I'll be back. When will this insanity end? Can I finish? Please, can I finish? We'll be back next week. Okay, I'm finished.